Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. So happy to be talking to you this morning, listener. It's been a bit, a very busy month as we were celebrating my granddaughter's graduation, the beautiful Tierra Alexis Daniel and family members, and uh, they have flown and drove in to be a part of this unforgettable and fabulous event. And um, and I also threw in a celebration for my handsome grandson, Paris Martin Daniel, as he is going into seventh grade. So when I celebrate the kids, uh, you know, one child may be graduating, but I'm going to celebrate all of the children. And I bet a number of you out there were also participating in a similar event as well and, and had a great time. Speaking of time, listeners, this is the last day in May. We are now heading to the middle of the year. The month of June is on us. Where did it go? Time, that is. Our most precious commodity continues to fly by, I'm telling you. Okay, so aside from having the events in May, I am doing fantastic. God continues to to be great and blessing me in my life with abundance, learned lessons, and educating me on being more aware of negative people and negative things in my life. And I am sure that all of you listening to me out there are having a super, super day filled with lots of laughter and love. The weather here in the valley um, is it continues to be beautiful, you know, but 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 hot, you know. Um, like today is the highest 98. So, you know, come on now. That's a hundred. And tomorrow is 99. Okay. And, um, and so that's a hundred, you know, and the following week is triple digits all the way through. Wow. And I would like to give a shout out to those living in Hawaii. That volcano is totally off the chain and it seems listeners to have no end in sight. You never know. You know, lava that continues to spill out onto the streets of Hawaii and Maryland and um, other areas of the uh, Midwest and eastern portions of this country with more than inclement weather they are experiencing. I certainly hope that it gets better for all of those being affected by this nasty weather. All right. I will have a question for you guys out there. Did you hear about this? It's being reported on Hill.com by Miranda Green on 529-2018, an article titled Lowe's Commits to Phasing Out Chemical Products Linked to Cancer. The article states uh, in part the following, Home Improvement Retailer Lowe's will soon be ridding all of its stores of products carrying a toxic chemical known to cause cancer. The company announced Tuesday it will soon phase out all products, including paints and paint thinners, that contain the toxic chemical methylene chloride. The change will all uh, the change will occur. I'm sorry, throughout its global market by the end of this year. Okay, the chemical commonly found in paint thinners and metal cleaning products can affect the central nervous system of those who come in contact with it. Long exposures can um can, um, you know, lead to to liver cancer. And the chemical has been linked to dozens of deaths. Now, 
Um, Lowe's say we carefully, uh, we care deeply about the health and safety of our customers and great progress is being made in the development of safer and more effective alternatives, uh, said Mike McDermott. He's the chief customer officer at Lowe's in a statement. As a home improvement leader, we recognize the need for viable paint removable products and remain committed to working closely with suppliers to further innovate this category. And additionally, the company said in the statement it will work um, uh, actively working with the uh, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, to lead change in the uh, industry. Now, the decision by Lowe's comes at a time when the federal commitment appears to be slowing, slow rolling a decision on whether to ban the chemical. Can you believe that? The agency under the final days of the Obama administration proposed a rule to ban paint thinners containing the chemicals, but the Trump administration has yet to follow through with the proposal. Now, the announcement that the EPA is not reevaluating the paint stripping, straight paint stripping uses uh, uses of methylene chloride and is relying on its previous risk assessments was a welcome sign for envir- environmental and health advocates who had suspected that the Trump administration would go soft on the substance. Well, listeners, this is a good thing. Okay. You know, a few years ago, there were reports regarding the, you know, outlawing of chemicals used for stripping bathtubs. Do any of you all out there remember that report? Well, I have always said that with the consistent rise of cancer in this country alone is without a doubt environmentally related. This includes, in my opinion, some of the methods of how food is grown and or prepared, like what is being added to food during preparation and what and what chemicals are being used in the soil for growing food, you know. Okay, that's all that's all I got to say about that now. All right. Listen, my guest today is Reginald C. Campbell, mental health therapist, a frequent and appreciated guest on my show. And he and I are going to be discussing a number of educational and interesting interesting topics, which are the following. Dinner table conversation suggestion, which is family messy disputes. What are some ways to best handle them in order to move on? Okay, we're going to be um, talking about that. And um, we're also um, am going to be talking about um, Roseanne and um, addressing educational um, inequality for black children. Um, you know what? You know, understanding that they are in need of fix. And uh, we're also are going to move on to how do you be a liar? You don't play this game. And uh, racism is still a big problem in our society and our political arena. And school violence shootings still not taken seriously in America. And documentation reveals that migrant kids and teens are being abused by Border Patrol agents. Okay, now this is this is what I, I you know I you know I want to get started. Um, you know, right now, because we have a lot to discuss. So let me jump right in with the dinner table uh, conversation suggestion, which is once again, family messy disputes. What are some ways to best handle them in order to move on? Now, listeners, being a professional mediator, a business manager, an advocate and hearing court cases in my professional life, trust me, I have had to deal with sculpting conversations between parties to come to the table praying for understanding for all involved, 
advocating for individuals in order to come to an amicable, timely resolution, for example, many of those who are in dispute listeners with a family member or members regarding more often than not an issue or issues that can seemingly be petty or questionable as to why in mediation, you know, that they are in mediation and they are in court about something that could have been resolved among themselves if they wanted. Then, listeners, there are the disputes between parties that manifested from malicious gossip simply because one party or both parties now at the mediation table or in a courtroom setting are involved with envy, jealousy, hate, or all three of these things. And in almost in most cases during the mediation process, for example, finding out that the whys for these emotions can oftentimes come up with a blank or listeners, let's say, unreasonable explanation or explanations. Now, listener, it's bound to happen, particularly in families, small to large, because that's just what happens, or the mix of characters within the family structure are not good, and or they were never taught as children how to lovingly behave while interacting with others. Knowing that they that there are going to be differences in opinions, Difference in personalities, beliefs, values, or goals, according to lifeline.org, and accepting it and move along in your life. Now, also according to lifeline.org, uh, listeners, it states that often families can uh, are the most important people to you. So relationship problems, you know, can be considerably, you know, distressing and can lead to the following. Negative emotions, anger, sadness, or anxiety. Stress, exhaustion, confusion, feeling isolated, alone, or withdrawn, lack of concentration, difficulty eating or sleeping, problems with friends, colleagues, or your children, using alcohol or drugs to cope or escape. Now, here's my thing, listeners. I think that this is an excellent dinner table conversation, particularly as disagreements across the board are apparently expanding in our societal family structure, such as fathers against sons, daughters against mothers, uncles against nephews, and on and on and on. And if you don't believe me, just read the Bible. So my question for this dinner, my questions for this dinner table topic are the following. Do you discuss the issues for resolving purposes without pointing the finger? Remembering that none of us are perfect and listening and not interrupting is imperative during the discussion. Should you accept the differences so you can still maintain a relationship, hopefully better? Or do you just walk away? Now, as I said, listeners, this, as all of my dinner table conversations, is primarily based on the fact that people do not eat at the table collectively as a family. A lot don't. And as for as I have said before, for all of you who never stopped it, fabulous. For all of you who kind of sort of do it, do it all the time as often as possible. And for those of you who've never done it, implement it. It's a fabulous thing to gather the family together to talk. Because as I said before, you learn a lot. People are heard 
a lot of discussions are on the table that need to be discussed and resolved. It's an educational, wonderful, and learning thing. Trust me. All right. Let me bring on my guest. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. He's highly educated and experienced mental health therapist with over 30 years combined in the field of social work and mental health therapy. He is a frequent and welcomed guest on my show. Thank you, Rachel, for being with me and my listeners today. Hey, good morning. Yeah, good morning to everyone. Uh, I am on the road uh, headed to uh, be with some young men. I've been this week doing uh, some, some group therapy with uh, 14 to 18 year old young men. So that's why I'm on my way this morning and looking forward to that. And good morning to everyone. Good morning to our listeners. All right, then. Well, listen, you be safe as you are driving, okay? Now, sure. let's get started with our first um, um, topic, Reginald, which is addressing education inequality for black kids means understanding they aren't in need of fixing. Now, this is an article that I was reading on Daily Kos, K-O-S, listeners, dot com on 5-28-2018. It states that in part that, Though almost everything in society would have us believe it, there is nothing inherently wrong with black children. Yet when it comes to so many attempts to address the social, educational, and economic disparities they face, black kids are often approached as having some kind of natural deficit that needs fixing. Scholars in the field of education know this all too well, and one in particular is trying to bring attention to this by bridging the gap between donors who fund youth programs, Reginald, and the people who work directly with black children. Now, um, according to Bianca J. Ballridge, uh, she's the author of a 2014 study with uh, which examined an urban after-school program, which I'm sure you probably heard of, called EE. Her um, findings often offer much food for thought as well as a call to action. And by the way, EE stands for Educational Excellence. Now, Ball just found um, that funders' demands for the program were sometimes in conflict with those of EEs, predominantly black staff, which emphasized that kind of community-centered approach. You know, it has that community-centered approach, Reginald, and its founder was a white multimillionaire, and the program also received funding from individual donors and, you know, foundation grants. Now, um it is this kind of emphasis, the article says, on academics alone that ignores all the cultural and social ways that black kids can thrive. Now, EE program not only focuses on academics, Rachel, but it also focuses on leadership development, media literacy, racial awareness and community service. Now, EE is an educational model which bears resemblance to black freedom schools, which we know about, which were popular in the American South during the civil rights movement. Okay. Now, while there is nothing broken within black youth, they do need different and specific tools to prepare them for navigating the world in black bodies. We cannot save black children via academic success, this article says. We should not be trying to save them at all, Reginald. This says that saving often means we are concentrated on many black kid victims and trying to make them assimilate rather than rectifying the causes of harm and injustice that they experience. What do you think so far, Reginald, what I've said? Well, I think if 
all children. Well, well, first of all, we have to, you know, realize that racism exists. I mean, that's 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 the number one thing. And uh, all kids, uh, you know, a lot of black kids do not have, you know, the equal opportunity uh, equipment and books and things like that in in their schools to learn. And if children are given the right equipment, the right opportunities to learn. They, they will thrive, and kids learn in different ways. All kids do not learn the same, and it's important exactly. to have that cultural aspect, you know, as, as well. It's one thing that uh, a couple of organizations that I worked for, um, you know, they were aware, and actually when the intake uh, paperwork is being done it's, or a service plan is being done, it talks about, that person's cultural um, uh, need or, or, or requirement. And so that's an important aspect. Um, you know, to say if it's a Native American kid, uh, you know, we have to realize that, okay, why is this kid not looking me in the eye? But a lot of times it, it's a cultural thing because it's, uh, you know, it's disrespect to look an adult in the eye. You know, this isn't. 100% across board in the future, that as has been found. So we have to be aware of the cultural things in our society as well. But again, I go back to saying that all kids can learn if they're given the right equipment, if they're given the right love and attention. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad well, it's a shame that we have to have this conversation, but it's good that this conversation is being had. Exactly. Now, the the thing that um, tweaked my interest um, for everybody out there is is the portion that said uh, we cannot save black children via academic success. We should not be trying to save them at all. Saving often means we are concentrating on many black kid victims and trying to make them assimilate rather than rectifying the causes of harm and injustice that they experience. For me, um, Reginald and my listeners, education is the key. And I and and oftentimes black children do need to be um, saved. Um, They need to be shown the way because a lot of them are lost and they do not know for varying reasons. Maybe they didn't have a parent in the home or maybe they did have parents in the home and the parents. um, This is just a continuum of what it is that they learn is cyclical and they do not have the wherewithal of how to break that system so that they can move on and be the individuals that God whispered in their ear to be as they were coming here to have a human being experience. So my thing is that um, I, I thought the article was very interesting. Um, you know, for decades, we um, this article also mentioned that I that I did not talk about is that having an even playing field. But as my comment on that is, you know, this has been a phrase that has been used for a long time relating to discussions, you know, along this topic. You know, the playing field continues decades for not, you know, even being even for black children. They've been talking about this for so long. So my thing is, what are, you know, what are they going to do to um, even the playing field? They talk that talk, but they're not walking that walk. So it never gets done. And in the process of it never getting done, then we have a lot of black children, unfortunately, talented, um, uh, smart, uh, gifted black children that can be, you know, lost in the in the whole shuffle of all of this. You understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, well, well let me 
say a couple things about that. It's it's you know it's nothing wrong with saving a child. You know, so you know a lot of children need to be saved. I I, I see it every day in the work that I do, and thank goodness that there are people like myself who are there to save these children. So it's nothing wrong with being that. There are adults who need to be saved. Exactly. Uh, so it's so nothing wrong with that. And as far as, you know, the playing field is always being moved. You know, uh, you know, President Obama and, and First Lady Michelle Obama, they did everything that, you know, you're supposed to do. You know, they raised a wonderful family. They went to school. They educated themselves. And the playing field was still moved. That, well, you know, still you're not good enough. Still, you know, Still you're this, still you're that. So, you know, with the playing field consistently being being moved, you know, they always pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but if you don't have shoes with shoestrings in them, you can't do that. Well, the thing is, is that it's talked about, you know, in my experience, it's been talked about a lot about even the playing field. And as I just said uh, a few moments ago, the playing field is not – uh, ever even and then the thing about it also is that I'm going to say that that is it is intentional they have no intention the powers to be who's supposed to be evening the playing field are doing this intentional because they don't want that they want to keep the whole status quo going on you know that you know we're above you and which we are not above anybody the only thing that separates any of us is the level of our consciousness and until they get that, then we're going to continue to be going through and having these discussions, Reginald. You know what I'm saying about the playing field not being even and um, this article saying that black children should not be saved, which um, I wanted to discuss this article because I felt that, you know, as you, you know, as my show is educational and interesting and informative topics. And I wanted my listeners to have this as a food of thought. Um, that they can discuss or think about or, or go and even read this article in its entirety. Okay, let's move on to um, Roseanne Barfield's misunderstood after racist tweet scandal. She's in deep darkness. Now, this is a report from People.com uh, by Christina Dugan, May 30th, 2018. The article says in part that, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure that you all have heard a lot about Roseanne Barr. And in case you haven't heard about it out there, my listeners, um, well, I'm going to talk about it a bit here with my brother. As she tweeted ugly remarks about Valerie J- uh, Jarrett, who is a phenomenal black woman, and Roseanne Barr compared her to an ape. And once uh, ABC Network got wind of it, the powers to be canceled her show promptly. And I applaud them. She is a big time uh, Trump supporter. And in a recent interview, she even stated that she was going to try and have Trump make an appearance on her program. Now, the tweet uh, says in her there's a tweet that says in, in her defense that she is in deep darkness and is very remorseful. This is what someone said to people being a comedian. It says she writes stuff she thinks is funny, but it's always misunderstood. She's not intentionally hurtful. They all loved each other on Roseanne's set, and it really was one big happy family. Well, not anymore. 
because Jared weighed in on the shocking language of the first time uh, for the first time during an MSNBC town, town hall called Everyday Racism in America that aired shortly after Barr's tweet. And so you could just go there and listen to it. It's called Everyday Racism in America, listeners. So get this, my listeners, and Reginald. Barr also placed blame for the cancellation on Wanda Sykes. She was a consulting producer on the sitcom who announced on social media that she would not be returning to Roseanne following the first tweet about Jared. And then, you know, saying that uh, her tweet made uh, her ABC very nervous, and so therefore they canceled the show. Now, they're saying that as one big happy family there and that they all loved Roseanne well. Sarah Gilbert, who played Roseanne's daughter, Darlene, also reacted on Twitter saying that Barr's comments were abhorrent and do not reflect the beliefs of our cast and crew or anyone associated with our show. She says she was disappointed with her actions, to say the least. And Barb replied, replied to that vision by saying, wow, unreal. I can't believe you said that. Fishman, who played the, the son um, on the show, said he condemned these statements vehemently. They are re- reprehensible and intolerable, contradicting my beliefs and outlook on my life and society. And I have also lived and taught my children to be inclusive. I believe I show strive to embrace different backgrounds and opinions, excuse me, and opinions through open dialogue. Barr replied to Fishman Reginald by saying, I created the platform for that inclusivity and you know it. And now you throw me under the bus. I'm saying this. What the hell are you talking about, Roseanne? You should know better. You know, she's thinking that Trump is tweeting Reginald dumb, ignorant stuff every day and getting away with it. So why can't she? You know what I'm saying? Roseanne Barr is a racist, plain and simple. You know, let's call a spade a spade. You know, she has said ugly, racist things for years. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's the typical, um, oh, it was a joke. You, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the typical thing that they all pull out. It was a joke. And and I applaud Wanda Sykes for walking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roseanne blame, and she, she, she's, she's got these blames all over the place. She blame Andrea for for the things that she said. Well, Ambia yeah, right. Andrea is a, is a oh. sleep aid, and it's also uh, used for for anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. Andrea doesn't make you a racist. There's no exactly. medication that makes you a racist. That's how you feel mentally. The other thing, the head of ABC Entertainment is a black woman. Duh. Okay, and if Disney, which owns ABC, which is mm-hmm. another thing I still can't wrap my head around Disney owning ABC, but it does. And if it's family owned, they needed to take that stand. Exactly. They take that stand. Now, here's the thing Roseanne is making, she was making a million dollars per episode. So, okay? yep. You have, so you think you can go on here and make a million dollars per episode, you have. Sponsors who are who are buying ads on that product or on that show that black people watch or and people of color watch, but that's okay. I mean that just all of this just shows how stupid and asinine and ignorant racism is, and how exactly. racists are cowards. Now you know they'll sit mm-hmm. there and they'll spew all this stuff, and then when the when the when the crap hits the fan, then everyone is is to blame. No, mm-hmm. the person to blame 
is Roseanne. And now I was uh-huh. so mad to say that even the original program, I was never a fan, you know, so it's like I didn't get too crap if the show came back or not. That's just me. But, you know, you cannot sit here and spew all this racist jargon and then when the when the crap hits the fan, blame Ambien, blame everybody else. And I applaud yeah, well, the other cast members for what they said because I felt that they did not co-sign on Roseanne's BS. No, they didn't. And the thing is, is that Roseanne was saying that she was ambient tweeting, which um, me and my youngest son, Cedric uh, Dwayne, I'm going to have him on here um, one day. He's very um, intelligent. And um, she said that she was ambient tweeting. And the thing is, I would like to make mention that the little girl that played her son's daughter, you know, was a, a, a beautiful black little girl. So she's saying these these things and, you know, and 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 on top of all of of, of what you had just said, excuse me, is that she's saying these things. And then it's like, okay, it's okay. Then she turns around and says that I'm so sorry, because as I was thinking, you know, now all of these people have lost their jobs. You know, it's not only just her. It's all of the people, the cameramen, the crew, the the lighting, the makeup, the the artwork. I mean, it's just. It just goes on and on and on. So many people. And also, uh, ABC had renewed her because of her ratings. But, you know, she had kept on saying these racial, you know, remarks. And so there there you go. It ended it ended the show. I don't feel bad for her. I feel bad for the people um, that were involved in the production and, and um, everything else of, of her show that no longer have have a job, and I hope that they find one uh, very, very quickly. That's all I have to say about that. She got what she deserved. Well, now, let's move. That, just, just quickly, this shows that uh, our actions uh, and what we say and what we do have, have consequences, and not only consequences for ourselves, but consequences for others and others who weren't involved in the BS that, um, you know, people do, they get caught up in the quagmire of, and a lot of people, you know, who you just articulated, uh, you know, the lower level people from the, from the people who come in and serve lunch, you know, for, for, for the cast. And all of these people have been now caught up in the quagmire of her stupidity and racism. Those are the people that I feel sorry for. As far as I'm concerned, Roseanne can, she can, you know, she can go, she can go jump off well, the bridge, you know. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't feel sorry for Roseanne at all. I feel sorry for, um, you know, all the people that got, you know, caught up in, in, the, in the thing. And as I've also said, there's consequences for everything, be it right or be it wrong. There's consequences. So you have to watch the choices that you make. Now, let's move on to how do you beat a liar? You don't play his game. Now, this is an article uh, by Jesse Tarlov. Um, uh, opinion contributor on 5-29-2018. She's talking about President Trump lies every day. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. Within the past days, he lied to Naval Academy uh, graduates about everything from the military budget to pay raises, denied that a briefing by his own staff member ever occurred, blamed Democrats for cruel immigration policies of his own administration's doing, and claimed that his campaign was uh, never hot warned about Russian infiltration. 
He's not telling demonstrable falsehoods, factual errors, or misrepresentations of the truth, as those are comfortable with using the most accurate word lie claim in order to insulate themselves from the next round of fake news wars. And though liars generally are pretty unpopular in life, this liar is a special breed. What's more, he's now a liar with good economic numbers, a potential North Korea summit, dozens of fewer regulations, and many newly confirmed conservative judges, as well as an embassy in Jerusalem to Butte. Now, this version is even harder, original to beat, which is why it's so important for Democrats to stop twisting themselves and not trying to decide what the right amount of Russian collusion talk is to win in November. And the article says the answer is none, if all is possible. The article is saying that Democrats should be seizing the opportunity to talk about a federal uh, jobs guarantee. Everyone who wants a job has one. That's a good thing. But are they decent jobs? That's the big issue. People have precarious work, low paid work, no benefits or few benefits, says William Darity, who is an economics producer, professor rather at Duke University, Sanford School of Public Policy. Republicans, uh, the article says, can't talk a big game about low unemployment and their tax cut that is consistently losing support. But they aren't having a nuanced discussion of job quality. Now, here's my thing. You know, it goes on to say, let me say this before I say my thing. On the health care, Democrats have the opportunity to pitch Obamacare fixes that could even garner some GOP support. I know that single payer is all about, is all the rage, but we've got 10 Democrat senators in states that are very fond of Trump who will only hear socialism when single payer is discussed. So here's my thing on this, Reginald. Okay. Everyone knows that Trump is a liar. They're talking about the, um, uh, you know, the, he's got uh, good economic numbers. This is still President Obama's economy that we're, that we're living in. And that's very fortunate. North Korea summit, he didn't have anything to do with that. Those two gentlemen got together on their own accord. Dozens fewer regulations and many newly confirmed conservative judges, which I don't feel is a good thing with all these conservative judges on the bench and also fewer regulations, which means that organizations um, can do whatever it is the hell that they want to do, as well as an embassy in Jerusalem to boot. Um, I also don't feel that that's a good thing. Your thoughts, Reginald? First of all, let's, let's start with the lying. I mean, this, this, this guy, Trump, is a habitual liar. And this is nothing new. I mean, he's been a habitual liar his whole life. He twists things and, you know, says things. And the thing about it, he's not even a good liar. You know, mm. I mean, his, his mm-hmm. lies are just so stupid, you know, so so he, he, he's not a good liar, but it's what people want to hear. And, yes. and unfortunately, he's, he's seizing on that. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the economy, yeah, this is Barack Obama's economy, people. This is his economy, yep. but it won't That's be right. his economy as this as these tax cuts start to kick people's ass, and they start realizing yep. that oh, wait a minute, now you know that's not going to be President Obama's, e- Obama's economy. economy. Yep. As as far as uh, uh, North and, and South Korea.
Korea. Um, China will play, in my opinion, China will play a huge part in that. And um, it, it's fortunate that, that they will play a huge part in it because, it, you know, any type of conflict would affect them as, as well. Uh, and also being a, an ally of North Korea. So, so they should be in on the talks and, and, the, and the negotiations with that. And, uh, you know, we, we need to do everything we can to avoid war because, you know, people have this thing of, of yeah, we'll just go to war. Well, if it's, if it's not in your backyard and it doesn't affect you, that's easy to say. So, you know, war should always be the last option. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, as, far as uh, 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 a Democrat, I'm, I'm, you know, as a, as a Democrat and as an independent, there's so many opportunities for them to speak out about the things that Trump is and is not doing and it's not happening. But they better get mm-hmm. their, they better get their act together because the midterms are quickly approaching as we're looking at June 1st tomorrow. So it's time to get yes. rock and roll. It's time to go. Yes. People need to get out and vote. I want to mention that again. I haven't said this on my last program, but I want to remind people that this is a midterm election. It's very, very important. I can't say enough how important it is. If you haven't registered for vote to to go vote, vote, you know, go and register. Once you register, please go out and vote. Don't just register and then sit there and go, oh, I didn't know where the polling place was. I didn't have time. I didn't all of this. Make time to go and vote. This is very important, okay, for all of those who are registered to vote. The same thing. Get out there and vote, okay? I just want to comment on one thing that you said, uh, Reginald, that uh, if it's not in in the backyard, because we are all connected, it does affect us, whether it's over in Iraq, Afghanistan, or here. It affects us. But I understand what you're saying, that if the bombs aren't being blown up in somebody's backyard, it's like, oh, well, you know, I still can get up and go to Starbucks or or go to I pick theater or wherever you go and continue on with my life. Whether you know it or not, because of connectivity that we have through God and our spiritual being that, you know, it definitely affects us, you know, when human beings are consistently losing their lives by the uh, hundreds and thousands. It's, it's totally ridiculous. The other thing that I wanted to say, too, is that in the article it says um, that they want the Democrats to talk about subsidies for older Americans to ease the cost burden and for younger Americans to get them in the system. They want them to revisit antitrust reform and tort reform while they're at it. Imagine a world where Democrats don't have to talk about Michael Avenatti. For all of you who don't know, that Stormy Daniels attorney is one where voters who were turned off in 2016 um, to come back to us and where the most spirited members of the hashtag resistance are still pumped up and ready to go. The article lastly says we won't lose support for dropping the Russian angle and only stand to gain at the polls for pushing aside the temptation to tangle with Trump the way he likes it in a bed of lies. Okay, all I want to say is this, okay? Whoever, you know, if 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 this fool in the White House makes it to uh um, you know, uh next year where they're going to start uh revisiting the presidential candidates on on all sides, independents, democrats, um 
uh, Republicans and, and whatever. The thing is, is that I don't like dealing with a bunch of damn lies. I like dealing with the truth because with the lies, all you do is just get entangled and none of the what needs to be talked about comes out. I say that the Democrats should not, um, you know, deal, you know, go back lying back and forth. The way you diminish those lies is that by truth, bombardment of truth. So I hope, you know, my listeners and, and Reginald that, you know, once, I, as I said, once the um, presidential um, uh, re-election starts gaining up, particularly in 2019, is that anyone who is coming up to the podium to run against this fool, don't sit there and get entangled in what he likes. He likes mess. I talked about mess in family matters. He likes mess. Don't get entangled in that mess. Do it the godly way. Step back and watch what happens. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, well, you know, Dr. King said no lie can live forever. And, and I truly believe that. You know, the other thing, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, you, you never get in a pee, get into a pissing contest with a skunk because the skunk will always win. However, that doesn't mean that you don't continue to uh, to to fight for truth in what the liar says. In in uh, the 1948 presidential election, you know, he was just saying, you know, with Harry Truman, give him hell, Harry. And Harry Truman said, hey, I just tell the truth and the Republicans think as hell. So that's what the Democrats, and this is what I always say, the Democrats need to look back and see how Lyndon Johnson ran his presidential campaign, how Jack Kennedy ran his presidential campaign, how Harry Truman ran his, how Bill Clinton ran his, how how Barack Obama ran his, how how Franklin Roosevelt ran his. They need to be uh, uh, purveyors of, of history, but they also do not need to be afraid to tell the truth against uh, uh, this so-called uh, uh, President Donald Trump. Yeah, he mm-hmm. lies. But he keeps talking, and he trips up his own lies. Uh, that's why they mm-hmm. don't want him to um, uh, to to speak to Mueller because they know he'll go in and he'll just he'll just lie, and 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 he'll end up tripping himself up. So that's why they you know they 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 lie and say oh he really wants to talk to Mueller, and Trump himself says you I really want to talk to him. you know damn well you don't want no to talk he doesn't to you know damn no. well, because you're going to sit there. And you're going to lie, and you're going to tangle yourself in a lie, and that's what they—that's what they want him to do. So, so exactly. they lie and say that they want him to sit there and talk to Mother, but 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 they don't. But again, I'll I'll end this part by saying, yeah, never get in a pissing contest with the skunk, but that doesn't mean that you don't confront the skunk. Exactly, and nothing lasts forever but God's love, because the because the skunk only got so so much of pissing that he can do. <laughs> His piss bag isn't forever. That's that's all that I want to say about that. Okay, racism is still a big problem in my in our society in our political arena. Here's an article, um, my uh, listeners, uh, original. There's it says poll majority of, of Americans say racism uh, is still a major problem here in this com- country, and this is written by Justin Wise on five twenty nine twenty eighteen. It says in part nearly two thirds of Americans believe that racism is still a major problem in American society and politics, according to a new NBC News survey monkey poll. Sixty four percent of those surveyed Reginald said racism remains a major problem, while 30 percent said racism exists, but it's not a major public issue. Three percent said racism once ex- uh, existed 
but it's no longer a problem. And one percent said racism has never been a crucial problem. You know, these these all of these are uh, polls and stuff, Reginald. It just cracks me up. OK, the, yeah, the poll also shows that nearly half. Here's another one. Nearly half of Americans think that race relations are getting worse in the country. Forty five percent of respondents said that race relations in the U.S. are worsening, while 41 percent of respondents said that too little attention is paid to race and racial issues. On Tuesday, Starbucks closed more than 8000 stores for anti-bias training aimed at educating staffers on unconscious bias and racism. CEO Howard Schultz said in a statement that about 175,000 Starbucks employees would take part in the training. The session came as a response uh, to the arrest of of the two African-American. I'm sure all of you guys out there have heard that African-American men in a Philadelphia Starbucks. The man was arrested um, when they, after a manager called the police for them sitting in the store while they waited for a friend. And lastly, Reginald, 45 percent of American African-Americans in the survey, which I don't think you or I were included, say they have been treated unfairly in a store or restaurant because of their race. Meanwhile, just 26 percent of Hispanics and 7 percent of whites say they have been in the subject of unfair treatment at a store because of their race. Why can't we just all get along? This is what I'm saying. I know it sounds cliche, but your comments, Reginald? Racism has existed in this country since the first ship arrived from Europe. Thank you. <laughs> End of statement. Period. And, <laughs> and, and fast, go ahead. Fast forward, fast forward to 2018, it's still here. That's why Starbucks had to close some, and, and I applaud them for that, for closing some stores, you know, um, to, and, and we need sensitivity training. Um, but yes. a lot of that goes, and the reason they have to have these sensitivity, tra- sensitivity training for employees is because of what these employees learned at home. So this is being <laughs> taught at home. They're hearing what Uncle Joe, what their grandfather said, what their, you know, that, that's, that's why. So, mm-hmm. you know, so anyone who says that racism does not exist in America, you're not being a realist. It's against yeah. black people. It's against Latinos. It's against Muslims. It's against Asians. It's sexism. Can we say sexism? Mm-hmm. You know, a there was a poll where the majority of women and white men said that they could not see a woman being president. That's why a lot of them voted, didn't vote for, for, for Hillary. Now, this is a woman saying, I can't see a woman being, being president. Here's a man saying, I can't see a woman being president. So you're saying you can never see your wife being president, being you can never president. See your daughter being president. You can never see your granddaughter, your niece being president. Uh, okay, you know, there's something wrong here. And exactly. if you have any kind of ism, you have the all-ism. You cannot have, you know, you cannot be a racist and not be sexist. You can't be sexist. You can't, well, I'm not, a, I'm a racist, but I'm not a sexist. sexist. Oh, I'm a sexist, but I'm not a, a no. <laughs> no. They're, they're, it's they're all the same feathers in It's the pillow. same thing. It's the <laughs> Oh and, you God. know, and 
And and I and I'm sure, Reginald, in your life, you know, your adult life, because uh, I know in my adult life, I have run into people that have made that exact exact statement. I'm not a racist, although I don't see a woman being president. I'm not a racist, although I don't see, you know, a person of color uh, being a mayor of my town or um, or, uh, you know, a senator or whatever. But, you know, I'm, you know, yeah. See, this is why I'm saying education Uh. is the key, you know, and and, and I want to say this, having been in the corporate world for so many years. Companies used to train initially, Reginald, you know, uh, you know, of sensitivity training. It was some type of sensitivity training that you had to take upon upon uh, becoming an employee and or reading, you know, some information about it. Now, I don't know if you ever recall that in your line of work, but I know in my line of work on the on the business side that they did, because I know that I have administered these trainings and. Then they decided, obviously, I don't have to do this anymore, you know, that, you know, and then after you did it initially, you still had to do it every six months, semi-annual or annual. It was a requirement, okay? But now, you know, they're saying, you know, that it's not important. I also agree with you, and I also agree um, with you when you said that uh, Starbucks needed to do it and they and I applaud them for doing it and it cost them 12 million dollars. But I'm telling you, if they're involved in some kind of lawsuit, they're not stupid. OK, they know that the lawsuits could account for more than 12 million dollars of them being sued and their name right. being muddy, you know, their name being muddy. They got stores all over the world. You know, so it's right. so what they closed it for that time and lose 12. What is that? What is 12 million dollars? To the overall Starbucks. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's like, exactly. Reginald, that's like $10 or something. To, what is that? Sure. <laughs> that's right. Come on now. That's, right. that's like $10. That's to what, is, what is me giving you $10, you know, a waitress as a tip or something? I don't care if, you, if it only costs me $2 or something. I give you 10 What is that? You know, it's wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Okay, now here's something, Reginald, that just really made the hairs on my back stand up, but I want to report this. Mm-hmm. School violence shootings are still not taken seriously. This is what I'm saying. Now, um, Parkland parents protest video game that lets players take role to be, you know what I'm going to say, the school shooter. Uh. Now, this is a report by the Hill.com. His name was Josh Delk on May 29, 2018. All right. I'm, I'm kind of running out of time, but I want to get this in. Parents of students killed in the Parkland, Florida mass shooting are protesting a video game that allows players, Reginald, to take on the role of a school shooter. This is being reported. This was being reported by the Miami Herald. The last thing we need is a simulated training on school shootings, said Andrew Pollock, whose 18-year-old daughter, Meadow, was killed in the shooting. Video game designers should think of the influence they hold. This really crosses the line. Ryan Petty, whose 14-year-old daughter, Aliana, was killed, called for the release of the game, called Active Shooter, to be canceled. Keeping our kids safe is a real issue affecting our communities and is in no way a game. Active shooter, which is set, Reginald, Reginald, 
it's said it's going to be mm. set. To, it's going to be released next week on June the sixth. Mm. It will come out for four months wow. after after come out for four months after seventeen students and faculty were killed by a gunman at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Okay. Now, an mm. online petition demanding the cancellation of this game release has attracted approximately 9,000 signatures in recent days, according to the Herald, uh, Miami Herald. Now, wow. now the question is, are mm. you serious and out of your mind for designing this game with all of the positive apps, Reginald, that, you know, that these individuals could have made? They chose to go dark and demonic versus bright and God's light. How insensitive, regardless mm. of the fact that this is coming out with recent school shootings on or the school shootings 20 years ago, it doesn't matter. What a cray-cray wow. society. It keeps continuing to plummet. Okay, Reginald, your thoughts, because I, I would love to get one more thing in. So what are your thoughts on that? Wow, all uppercase letters. Wow. Okay. Sick. The, the, the person who sat there and thought of this and designed that. Do you have children? Do you have nieces? Do you have uh, friends with children? How sick? How how sick? But this just shows how sick society is. And what company? Yeah. What company, if, if I was the head of that company and someone designed that game, I would fire their ass. But what does it say about the person who head of that company that okayed it? Well, there is well, sick as the person who designed it. Exactly. Well, see here, here, see, here's the whole thing, um, you know, Reginald and my brothers, okay, uh, and sisters out there. <sighs> wow. It's just like you or I, we don't have to be a company per se. We could design an app and launch it. All right. But for most cases, 99.9% of people do not know how to develop that app to get it launched. So therefore you take your ideas and you go to a web developer. I'm, I'm sorry, an app developer. My question is, what the hell were they thinking? It's like, oh, sure, yeah, we'll, yes, we'll, yes, we'll develop that, yeah, you know, and, and then, you know, they're putting in all of the, all of the, um, uh, necessary attributes to make the game come to life. How could you, how could you work wow. on something like that? Pull something like that up on your screen. I don't give a damn how much you're charging this person to develop it. I don't know, 5,000, 20, whatever. And then, you know, see, th this is why I'm saying that the sleep aids consistently are on the rise, Reginald. Okay? I have three minutes. Consistently up on, up on the rise. That's all I want to say about that. Now, j I just want to say this real wow. quick and then, and then you guys, um, and this is why I said I'm on the radio. I'm going to continue to talk until I can't talk anymore. All right? Now, Documentation reveals that migrant teens, kids and teens are being abused by Border Patrol agents. I'm sure you know of this, Reginald, but this is just totally ridiculous. It's sad, heartbreaking and shocking. OK, and that the government 
has failed to provide adequate safeguard and humane detention conditions for for children that are in the Customs and Border Patrol, also known as the CBP, custody. You know, and then I just want to real quickly went read one complaint. Um, a Border Patrol agent grabbed a girl he claimed uh, was running away, handcuffed her to someone else, and dragged them together along the ground, causing two bruises on the neck, scratches on the shoulders and arms, and thorns in her head. A 16-year-old recounted uh, that a Border Patrol agent threw him threw him down before, you know, and then he used his boot and kept smashing his head in the ground. That's, you know, so you guys go and read this because, um, you know, I, I have run out of time, you know, but I just want to say that these children are, 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 were detained by our Border Patrol agents that they are supposed to keep these children safe from harm, Reginald. You know, a lot of them are waiting for clearance, you know, to enter the country. A lot of them instances where right. children, you know, they're being harmed, excuse me, harmed horrifically, Reginald, as they escape from other countries for the <sighs> same reason and i want to know why haven't the powers to be continue to allow this to happen to these children all these children are our children and obviously the hate for these brown children and their parents run very deep with the border patrol agents now thank you for listening to me i hope that you guys enjoyed the discussions that I had with the world's best mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell. We will be back on the 14th of June. Can you believe it, my listeners of Reginald? When we come back, it will be the middle of June. Be timely with your life. Use it sparingly and to the best possible. Be kind to one another and, and, and be kind to yourself because that's where it starts. I love you all. God bless you. Have a fabulous day, Reginald and my listeners, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks.